Hey everyone, it's Rachel here with the Be Well and Be Free podcast. And I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for tuning in if you're new here or retuning in if you're someone who's been a longtime listener of mine. I truly appreciate it and I'm so grateful for everyone's feedback on my podcast and just love connecting with all of you out there. If you want to further connect with me, make sure you're following me on all social medias, which I can be found under Be Well and Be Free. And if you want to collaborate, make sure to, uh, you know, call in or leave a comment. And last but not least, please go ahead and subscribe because I love just connecting with all of you so much. Again, it's Brecia, and I just want to thank you for tuning in. And as always, be well and be free. If you're new here, or maybe you haven't tuned into any of my mediums or content in a while, you know that wellness has always been a main component of why I decided to be on social media in general. I've shared with a lot of you my journey on becoming a wellness coach and how that developed, and as well as overall losing the passion for it, as well as my many ups and downs with weight and weight gain, weight loss, and PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it would be no shock to anyone who's ever followed me to know that I would want to go ahead and share my current health journey that I'm on. I think that sharing is so important because sometimes it gives another person that spark or extra piece of information they might not have had to go ahead and make a change to their life. Uh, I've long stressed how uh, my battles with PCOS have been and how I really feel that, you know, finding a doctor who can kind of adequately help you to manage everything that comes along with it um, is really hard and stressful. A lot of the doctors I've encountered have just wanted to kind of throw metformin at me um, or birth control, and it's really not a quick or realistic fix for uh, PCOS. And I personally have never found that it's has work to, you know, regulate or bring my cycle back or to lose weight or anything of that nature. I know for some people it does, but for me personally, it hasn't. And I know I'm not alone with that struggle. So for me, I've just been, you know, over the last year or two, kind of just um, in a different phase of my life. And I think more with my PCOS, it's been a struggle kind of, you know, weight wise. And I think along with that, um, factor of weight and kind of come along with PCOS with, you know, the extra hair, kind of facial hair, you know, um, the thinning of the hair and just the ups and downs of hormones or lack thereof, depending on, you know, if you're on top of your blood work, um, they really do kind of impact your overall kind of like feminine being and femininity. And I think it was something that kind of, um, jumped out at me in the last kind of year or two to really uh, kind of impact, you know, physical and mental health. Um, so the new journey I'm on, um, about a year or two ago, even now, um, my old primary care physician, and if you know me, you know I'm a big advocate of be your own advocate when it comes to your health. So ask questions. Um, don't be afraid to fire your doctor and find a new one. Um, as well as, you know, go ahead and look at your own medical records, read them, you know, ask questions regarding to them, research, you know, don't you know, over Google, um, because, you know, when we do that, we all think we're going to die, but, you know, look at the reports to yourself and kind of look at the content and, and, you know, results in front of you and kind of go from there. Um, but even with my old primary care physician, um, and my new one that we had to, 
in the last, you know, two years have made a lot of changes health-wise. Um, they had both brought up some type of weight loss program. And, and I kind of, to be honest, I shrugged it off. Um, I'd been preparing for back surgery and I was just miserable. Um, my favorite forms of even low impact workouts were kind of hurting me. I felt really uncomfortable. Um, I was still having a lot of reactions to kind of them trying to figure out my migraines and my post-concussions. And I swear they wasn't in the right time or place for it to really focus on, you know, really overhauling and, and losing weight, um, kind of as seriously as I should have done. Um, I was definitely watching what I was eating and, and putting into my body, but exercise kind of just was really difficult. Um, so I'd been sidelined a lot, um, to do a lot of the programs, um, that I loved. Like, you know, I talk about Pio, I talk about being on a really good walking program or a hiking program and, you know, making sure you're doing it daily, at least 30 minutes. And that had just gotten away from me. So, you know, the losing weight or wanting to start that kind of process again, it was on my mind heavily. Um, but I just wasn't sure if a weight loss program was for me being that I had had, you know, a wellness coaching business. I had done beach body programs. I had, you know, done kind of tried the kind of low carb style and it really didn't do much for me. Um, I just wasn't sure fully what direction to go in next. And I knew that I needed to do something. Obviously COVID hitting affected so many of us in so many different ways, especially from a health aspect, as we saw a lot of doctor's offices shift from, you know, in person to telehealth, which I thought it was great, but it gave me a lot of time to kind of think of what I needed to do for my health and what I needed to put kind of at the top of the priority list next. Uh, so for me, on kind of on my own, I um, started researching that the weight loss program that my, you know, that my primary care physician and the year that my endocrinologist had kind of, you know, um, caveated for and really had put to the forefront. And I saw that there were other options out there. And I really enjoy exploring all of my options. I had talked to people that were in the weight loss particular weight loss program that they had suggested. And I just knew it wasn't for me. I knew it wasn't um, as permanent as a kind of tool that I needed to make substantial changes. So I had never thought that I would get to the point of wanting to explore weight loss surgery, um, or as it's better known as bariatric surgery. I just didn't think that I would even qualify or there was something that I would ultimately really benefit from. I didn't know much about it, but I began to research it, began to connect with people on social media. And then, um, I, I just had no idea. So I actually made an appointment, I think, in March um, to go meet with the uh, weight loss surgeon. And I was so nervous that I think my first appointment I might have rescheduled or got rescheduled. Uh, so I called back and I wanted to kind of see what the process was like. And I got a packet in the mail. And I remember the packet was super intimidating. And for all of you out there who are researching, don't let the packet intimidate you. It's not what you think it is. Um, for me, the packet just went over, you know, my weight, what he had done to lose weight before and kind of just different, you know, habitual things and, and history. And it seemed a bit overwhelming, but when you thought about it and when you really set the tone for what was going to happen next, it made a lot of sense as to why, you know, the office needed kind of the information that it did. So I, Got the packet. I ended up thinking my appointment got canceled or they weren't taking patients and I didn't pack back up until the summer. And that's kind of where we are now in this process is I decided to find out more about it and just go for it.
So let me preface with this. You just don't go for it. It's not like you have one meeting with the surgeon and then bam, um, you're okay to go ahead and have weight loss surgery. That's not what it is. Um, a lot more time and thinking goes into it. And there is a process. And especially depending on what kind of insurance you have, uh, there's a process that goes along with it. It's different for everyone. So I'm kind of going to detail what my process has been like, but it could be different for you. I definitely suggest calling your insurance, uh, having the conversation with your primary care physician too as well, just so they're aware of what's going on. Uh, it, it can be helpful. In my case, I didn't have the conversation until afterwards just because I was doing things on my own terms. I'm one of those people health-wise. I really take things kind of um, on my own and I want to do them when I'm ready to do them. I just go ahead and do them. So I was for the first time ever in my health journey, I found a team of healthcare professionals who I felt weren't judgmental. They didn't just look at me and say, okay, this woman has PCOS and she does nothing about it. She's lazy. She sits on the couch all day and eats bonbons. That is not the reaction I got. Um, I was met with a team of medical professionals who were just superb. They knew how to speak to people. They knew how to get information across, and they were really well at their job. They did their job well. So I was very nervous. You, for me, I to start the process. Like I said there was the packet, and then I also had to do an online orientation. Um, you do have to do some type of orientation just so you can get a kind of glimpse of what you're starting. And I had no idea what to expect from what the process was like. I had talked to other people in my life about it, but you never want to go about what everyone else says because I believe that everybody else's process could be different, you know, just depending on where they are in their life and, you know, their health issues that they have, um, it can be very different. So um, I went with the team and like I said, they were all super polite, super gracious and super informative. I actually got to meet um, my surgeon on that day. So it was great. It really put my mind at ease. And the first question that they asked after kind of the set of questions was, which surgery are you thinking of going with? Uh, so for me, I had decided that I wanted to go with the gastric bypass surgery. So um, online, you'll see a lot of people who have either had gastric bypass surgery, uh, kind of they'll use the abbreviation of RNY, or you'll see that they've had... Um, the gastric sleeve surgery, the vertical sleeve um, gastronomy, and they'll use um, VSG kind of in there, you know, social media names and stuff like that. But when you see them, that's kind of what they're referring to. So if you're kind of clueless and you've seen a page out there and you don't know what that is, that's what they're in reference to. Uh, so I had really thought about it from my needs and what I kind of want to do. I haven't had the surgery yet. And please know I am not a medical doctor and I or a nurse or anything like that. So all of my stuff is coming from just experience and what I'm going through and then research that I'm obviously having from, you know, my surgical center and things I've researched all from um, academic uh, outlets as well. So basically, I decided I wanted to go with uh, the gastric bypass surgery, which it helps you to lose weight because it overall changes how your stomach and small intestines handle the way that you eat food. So after surgery, uh, it'll that's where it creates the feeling fuller with less food. And it's just really about, um, it's kind of a two-step thing. So it makes your stomach smaller and it basically 
kind of reroutes where the how your nutrients are getting passed. So uh, it seems really kind of crazy, but it's how basically you know fewer calories are being absorbed into. Um, it, the surgery can be done two ways. It can be done where they actually cut open your stomach, or where they go in, um, you know, with the uh, the laparoscopy way, which is minimally invasive, so they can just see inside your stomach. So I know a lot of people always have that question about it, and kind of what happens with it. So that's kind of just the route that I wanted to go down. Um, it is the older surgery out of all of the ones that are out there. So for me, there's just a lot more data, I guess, that you can see about it. Um, not saying that other surgeries aren't just as good or don't garner as much results. Um, but for me, just the how, how it creates that small pouch in your stomach and connects um, the pouch to the smaller intestine is really more kind of on par, I think, with the restriction that I need personally. Um, it's, it's just the most common type of bariatric surgery. And it's really more kind of, like I said, the more data, I feel more comfortable with it. It's just I'm a really data-driven people. I mean, person, <laughs> sorry. Um, the sleeve, a lot of people, I think, now are kind of going that way, which I, I did research into it. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think they both provide people with uh, great a great tool. Um, I think it um, really helps people. Um, with the um, VSG, the vertical sleeve gastronomy surgery, it removes a larger portion of your stomach. So your stomach is smaller. It's about the size of a banana. Um, so it does still give you that full, you know, feeling, that fuller feeling after eating. So it's not like it doesn't still offer that. It does. Um, they both require patience afterwards. And this is a big thing because I think people think it's not um true they both require people to be on vitamins and minerals for the rest of their life um, just because your body is absorbing nutrition nutrients and things differently um they both owe certain comfort away that they are reducing your hunger just because they're changing you know your kind of your gut hormonal health and things of that nature um and the science kind of behind it which is really fascinating so for me that's what i decided was to just you know, do the traditional uh, gastric bypass route. So there are other steps that you have to take. Like I said, it's not just like you go and pick the surgery and then have the surgery the next day. Um, and with insurances, it kind of can be different. So for me, um, I needed to have a total of six nutrition classes under my belt. So actually, I'm on I'll be on five of six this week. It's December of 2020. And the first three were group settings. They were all virtual with COVID. And then the last three were one-on-one -on -one sessions. And I'll definitely be doing a separate kind of um, series on this on my podcast about going over nutrition and things of that nature. Um, because I want to go over it more in depth and what it looks like and what kind of we talked about in classes and, you know, the mindset and psychology behind it. So that's where I was. You know, I, I was probably at the office for over two hours on my first visit. And then it kind of set me up from there. You know, which which way direction do you want to go with um, from there? So I, in addition to nutrition, you do have to complete a psychological, uh, um, a psych eval. Um, 
or you usually have a session or two with a therapist. You do have to be cleared psychologically. Uh, and also you have to do, you know, routine blood work and an eye didn't endoscopy, which was, it just is to kind of look at things, see how things are going. And in some respects, I think you do with um, insurance might need your primary care physician to sign off. In my case, I didn't need to. So you're probably thinking, okay, who is a candidate for um, bariatric surgery? Why would you feel like you need to get to that point? What is making you research this? How do you get there? What do you need to, you know, how does one qualify for it? So it has a lot to do with your your BMI. I know a lot of people, some people don't like to listen to the BMI number, some people do. Um, but it has a lot to do with your body index, index number. So if you're 40 or higher, you're kind of in that extreme obesity category, you would typically qualify for a weightless surgery option. Your BMI can be lower than that. And say if you're in the 35 to 39 range, but you have serious weight loss. Uh, related health issues such as diabetes, sleep apnea, you know, high blood pressure, it you can qualify it for as well. And I think even if it's lower, if you have serious weight related problems, you can be a, a candidate. It's not for everyone. You do have to, I said, like I said, meet certain guidelines for it. And you have to be prepared to make a commitment for it. It's not just, you know, you wake up one day, you get cleared, you have surgery. It's a lifelong commitment afterwards. It's making permanent changes to have a healthier lifestyle and committing the time. And it's about, you know, monitoring nutrition, your behaviors, your your movement. So it's not just this one thing that you automatically instantly lose weight. So you do see a lot of people who say, oh, you chose to take the easy way out. And I don't think that's the case. Um, I think it's a lot harder than people think it is it's it's a tool essentially so i do want to get into a little bit of the basics of what to expect during and after which i'm for sure going to do right after this um next little sponsored segment so to pick back up it just has been a lot if you know staying on top of appointments and your routines and I think a good expectation to know is that you'll definitely, a nutritionist will become your best friend. Um, they'll, over the time, definitely get into um, what and how much you'll be eating, you know, before your surgery because there is a, a pre-op diet and a post-op diet. So they'll definitely be getting into how much food you'll be eating, what you'll be eating. Protein is definitely a key thing here. And there'll be a lot of information about how you should be preparing foods, how to read labels, and tracking your um, caloric intake. So it'll be a lot of stuff just to help lose weight and then maintain your weight afterwards. And I'm definitely going to get into that in more detail because I think it's really important. There'll definitely be someone that'll be on a mental health specialist team that'll help you to cope with kind of stress and other factors, you know, before and after. And then you'll also have your bariatric surgeon and then your kind of your primary care physician and their team as well will kind of collaborate too on with it. Um, and another thing that's really encouraged is starting kind of, you know, an exercise routine. Walking is really kind of a thing that was stressed to me. And because I'm already a walker and hiker, it's for me, I always try to strive to do 30 minutes minimum a day. So it's something to keep doing. You don't just throw everything out the window because you've decided to go and have a surgery. It's sticking to those habits and elements that are really crucial. 
So that's where I am in the process. Like I said, I've gone through pretty much everything pre-op wise. I'm on nutrition appointment five of six. And then they kind of take all the data together. They're going to submit it over to my insurance. And then we'll go from there with the surgery date. So what I'm hoping from this is that I'll be able to give you guys a lot more kind of health and wellness content. Um, it's to kind of be more of a voice and kind of normalize the fact that surgery is not what people think it is weight loss surgery is. And definitely in the future have people on here who have been successful with losing and maintaining after surgery and that have just overall inspired me with this journey. So I just want to thank you guys for tuning back in and as always, be well and be free.